Hey everybody, welcome back to Negro Please Radio. I'm your host Chris Allen. Look, I never have guests. Uh, I wanted to start some new shit this year, so now I'm just gonna start recording myself talking to my homies. And this is my boy T.J. Ferguson. He's the first comic I met in Virginia. Uh, how long have we known each other now? Yeah, that was probably like 2015, 2014, 2015. Damn, yeah, so six, seven years. Seven years. Yeah. Now. We come a long way. We met at, uh, what was that shit? Um, it's World of Beer. That World of Beer. I don't even think it's open anymore. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not. It's shut down. And here we are some years later. He was still trying to get back into comedy. He had taken, taken a break, right? Well, I had, I wouldn't even call it a break. So I had started comedy in 2008 right. when I was in Louisville. And then I had went to graduate school. And then I had moved home after that. And then Houston? Yeah, Houston. Okay. But I hadn't really done I hadn't done comedy consistently at all when we had met. I had done some shows here and there, um, and things like that, but I wasn't like consistently doing comedy. Oh, for real? Yeah. Oh, there you go. So I mean look, you've been what, six, seven, seven, eight years in? Yeah. So I mean I feel like when we met was when I was really starting to kinda try to take it seriously. Yeah, look at yeah. you. And this motherfucker headlining tonight, D C comedy loft. Uh, I'm yeah. at eight oh eight. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. That's that's something. I yeah, mean, no, it yeah, is. It's that's exciting. Something, man. And you know what? I should be I've got to work on being when people say things like, Oh, he's headlining that and not be like, Oh nah, it's nothing. It is a big deal. Yeah, um, nigga. So, own yeah. up to your motherfucking accomplishments. <laughs> yeah, it's exciting and it's fun and the weekend's been good so far. Tonight's gonna be good too. So uh, <laughs> I think projecting that good Projecting set. it. <laughs> Tonight's gonna be great, I swear <laughs> to God. I gotta envision it. How was last night? It was fun. Both shows were full. Um, I did a different thing where I workshopped 20 minutes up top. And mm. then I did, I ended up doing, I think, 27 after that, the first show. And then the second show, I ended up doing 37 minutes. But it was fun. It was just I was including the audience in my process. They enjoyed it. They had fun. Uh, it was a good night. That's what's up, man. Yeah. It's uh, it's fun. Obviously, we ain't, we ain't famous and shit. But, like, it is fun to at least get into a space uh, when you're an, uh, when you try to be an artist or comic, where like you can just do and say what you want, and people fuck with you, and they uh, they seem interested, and you you know what I'm saying. You don't have to worry about upsetting people. You can just really just say what's on your mind, and it's not about just pushing a line just to push a line. But like if you have like genuine thoughts and ideas that you want to get out, and it's just nice being able to do that and not have to worry about like ah oh, I can't say that the person going on after me it's their show I can't. It's it's dope to have your own show where you can just have it go where you want it to go. Yeah, and I think, you know, as comics, I think a lot of times we get in our own heads of what is and isn't acceptable. And I'm not saying, like, go out there and do shot comedy because we all know what that looks like. But, like, if you want to talk about some shit, then, I mean, I'm at a place now where I'm going to do what I want to do. Right. Um, And, you know, some people will like it, some people won't like it, but it's what resonates with me. And I think for the longest time, you know, it was kind of like, oh, well, I, I don't do this, or I talk about this too much, or I, all my jokes are about social commentary. And this is just like, nah, fuck all that. Like, I just want to do me and what resonates with me. Right. It, just, it feels so much better. Yeah, for sure. It just feels better when you can just, just be yourself. Right. And it goes, I mean, the more comfortable you are on stage and doing what you want to do, the more the audience is going to respect you. Right. That's very true, man. People like authenticity. Yeah. Like a lot of times people will look at certain like uh, music artists or even comics and go, I don't like this person. I think they suck. I think they're this, I think whatever negative thing you want to say about them. But when you talk to their fans, a lot of times that's what it is. People like authenticity and don't get me wrong. People also like talent and all that kind of stuff. But authenticity is like the the biggest thing, man. People really fucking love authenticity. Yeah. And it just, it makes you more relatable, you know? 
for yeah, sure. Man. And it's, it's fun. I mean, that's something that I think I've been working on as a comic for the last few years, I would say, and finally kind of hitting a groove now to where it's just like, I'm a laid back, approachable person, and I try to bring that personality to stage. Right. Um, yeah. Not trying to go out and create something or reinvent the wheel that I'm not. It's just kind of presenting that authentic version of myself. Yeah. I always tell young comics that's really what the whole journey of comedy is. It's just like learning to be funny, but what you're trying to ultimately become is that funny person that you are off stage. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's what you're. That's what. That's what you're trying to. That's what you're trying to achieve. Yeah. But you know, but just in a professional uh, manner, just like basketball players, it's like these motherfuckers are really good. He can hoop, but can you play basketball at a professional level? Right. You know what I'm saying? And it takes practice and, and time right. to get there too. And I think a lot of us want instant gratification and want to do shows before we're ready to do shows and kind of skip over the journey of whatever that journey looks like for you. Uh, but it, it just takes time. It's it, different it, for everybody. Right. It takes time. You got to do all the other stuff first, man. You, you you gotta learn how to tell a simple joke before you try to go into like nuanced stuff about gay people or trans or you know what I'm saying or right. racial shit. It's just like, bro, you can't even do a regular misdirection joke, and here you are trying to uh, navigate this this weird political joke about whatever it may be. Right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You see it so much. Right. And it's just like, man, this is this social commentary or is this just comedy? No, and I mean, I think it's. I think for me, and I'm still, a lot of my jokes are, I, w I don't want to say short form, but premise punchline. Um, so, I mean, I think that's just the, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, that's the start, premise punchline. <laughs> that's mean, your that's your yeah. format right now? Yeah. I, same way, yeah, just format, just, just, yeah, just stay set up in a punchline. Yep. Not, then, yeah, I'm, I'm slowly trying to move to a lot more long form. Well, yeah, and I mean, I think that happens in general, I think, and as, you know, you start building sets, which you're familiar with and I'm familiar with that comes but it's just like if you get the premise punchline like then you can add more things to that and that's right. how your set starts to grow right. at least for me right. um, that's how my set has started to grow yeah so you act as well like what's the for you um, obviously doing comedy in a stage play is different uh, what do you like about plays and acting um I mean, I've, I think it's been so long since I've actually done an, a full-length production. My last full-length production was around the time that we met. Was so, it the uh, yeah, it was, uh, the uh, ghost show? What was that? No, nah, it was uh, – well, I was that was the TV show I did, A Haunting. Yeah, A Haunting. <laughs> yeah, um, that was the TV show. But the last full-length theatrical show I did was uh, Vanya, Sonia, Masha, and Spike when I was in Charlottesville. Damn. The show where I had to run around in my underwear. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Um, but – I, what was the question like what's the difference or yeah. what um i don't know like i think i moved more into stand-up because i felt like it was a more efficient lane to kind of create um i feel with like plays and like plays and uh even tv and anything like you know a script is in front of you here's what you're playing and stand-up is more your own thing um and i think mm. at that time you know i wanted to do a lot so i wanted to act i wanted to I wanted to do comedy and I wanted to do anything. I had a bunch of ideas, but I wasn't focused on anything. And I think I just started to focus in on comedy. And I think right. I'm at a place in comedy now, at least in my eyes, where I can kind of go back out and start doing other things that I have a passion for and want to do. So you feel like you got a footing with, with comedy where it's not as, as hectic or well, you can not even I wouldn't even say hectic. I think just 
I feel like I'm in a good enough place to where I can explore other things, or I, I, I just don't care as much, to be completely honest. Okay. Um, you know, so I think I'm at a place in comedy where, like, I enjoy doing comedy. Um, it's always fun. I just I don't take myself too seriously, and I don't take the game too seriously. I think I lost. I stopped having fun when that was the case. Oh, uh, for real? Huh? Yeah. yeah. That's true, man. You, you, you always you, you have to have fun with this shit, man, because if you don't, it will drive you insane. Yeah. You have to tell yourself to have fun. That's what's so weird about comedy because it's supposed to be fun and funny and people are excited to go. You know what I mean? But they don't think about like the opposite side of that. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like it's a job. You have to take it very seriously. And there's a lot of bitter people. There's a lot. You know what I'm saying? It's just yep. like, yeah, the underbelly of comedy is the I mean, exact opposite of what it uh, projects on the outside. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. people. I mean, it's a lot of. I mean, it's a lot of fucked up people in general. There are a lot of right. fucked up comics that yeah. people would never know about because the only side you see of them is them coming on stage and presenting this persona of being happy or being whatever. Not even happy because most comedy comes from a dark place. But you right. know, you see a different side of them. Right. They're making people laugh. Yeah. Right. Yeah, man. This is yeah. You know, some days you don't fucking you know you don't want to, man. But it, it's just I look at all the guys like Dion Cole and and Hannibal Burris and and uh, uh, Lil Rel, just all these people, uh, Bill Burr, and I have to tell myself like, man, there's probably there's probably been many a nice where they didn't want to fucking go up. They were tired. I gotta fucking do it. It's like I'm nobody. I gotta know. I got no TV show. I got no, no nothing. It's like who the fuck am I to be like? I'm not in the mental space. I you mean, know what I mean? I we look. I know we we're human <laughs> beings, but I have to tell myself don't complain too much because for sure. Yeah. But there's also a balance. Like you also right. You also have to take a step away, and you have to take that time for yourself, and take those breaks, and go out and live life and do things. Because if not, what what do you have to talk about? Like if all you're doing is comedy, you have to you have to go out and get those experiences to have something to talk about. Right, that's true, man. I I think the pandemic, like that, I think that's one good thing about the pandemic. I think for a lot of people, it made them realize I've been on this hamster wheel for X amount of years. I have not taken a break. I haven't taken a vacation. I haven't bought myself a new mattress. You know what I mean? Just little things. I haven't been taking care of myself. I haven't done this. And I think the pandemic made people slow down and realize. There's more to life than just working. Yeah, and you have to. I mean, for me, like, when I was doing comedy at my highest clip before the pandemic, I was probably doing between 10 and 12 shows a week while also working a full-time job. And I'd say very much miserable um, in a lot of regards. Like, that's when it really stopped being fun. Um, Just, like you said, it was just a hamster wheel. Like, it wasn't, I wasn't enjoying myself. I was doing comedy because I felt like it was what I was supposed to be doing. Right. It's hitting two three four mics a night because i feel like it's what i was supposed to be doing wasn't doing anything outside of going to work every day going to do comedy every night and that was my life yeah i think i think all comics who take it seriously do that at some point in time i feel like it's it's necessary to a degree to become kind of obsessed with uh whatever art that you you know but like you said you got to a point where you go you know what i don't you start to step back and and really take stock of the value of the shows that you're doing, like, do I really need to drive 35 minutes? Right. Find parking, yeah. sign up for this. It becomes yeah. quality over quantity. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think people really start to um, to uh, uh, value that more since the pandemic. 
And uh, you know that's a that's a weird segue, but you talk about uh, quality over quantity. Uh, I want to talk about sneakers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Because when we met, I was I've always liked Jordans. I'll say that, but I just never. One, my dad never bought them. I went to a private school, so I I couldn't wear them to school. So there was really no reason for me to other than to play ball in them. But I wasn't gonna play ball outdoors in Jordans. I would play ball indoor. But I just never really had a need for them really in high school and then when i joined the military when i started going out all the clubs we went to you couldn't wear sneakers so yeah from like 18 to shit in my late 20s i I never had jordans and then i met your motherfucking ass and then all of a sudden i think the retro ones started coming becoming popular again the bread toes the bread toes those are the first ones but I mean, I was wearing J's before that. I can't remember when I really got into J's, though. I mean, I guess it was. I mean, I guess it had been some time. Because, yeah, you got me. Um, the Concrete Threes, when did those come out? I don't know. I really don't know. Because I want to say, I think those were the shoes where I was just like, I got to get back into this, man. I thought it was. A, I thought the Bread Toes were. Like, when the Bread Toes dropped, I want to say it was 2017. You know what? I think you right. You know what? I think you right on those because I I was like ah oh, Jordan once ago. They so simple. I don't know. But then I saw them on you, and I was just like, okay, those are dope. Yeah. And oh, you know what? And then I bought my clay greens. Yep. And then I I was never a huge fan of the cement threes. And then you one of those dudes. When if I see a shoe online, I'm like that's okay. But you one of those dudes. You rock them to a point where I'm like. I want those. I <laughs> gotta have those. I gotta have them. I know that sounds weird, but I think every dude has a homeboy like that where it's just like, I don't really think I like those shoes. And you got the one friend that always knows how to put the outfits together. It's just like, I should have got those. Yeah. Even the patent leather uh, breads. You had you had those for a second, didn't you? Yep, I had those. Yeah, you had those. Because I, yep. I, I saw those and were like, those look like clown shoes. Yeah. And then I saw you with them and I'm like, fuck. And I saw you with those. And I want to say that's why I bought the Coutures. Yeah. I think I wore the I wore the patent leather breads one time and sold them. I remember. <laughs> yep. So, well, actually, no, it wouldn't have been those. It would have been something else because the patent leather breads, those were recent. Um, it wasn't remember. the patent leather breads? I had the pl- patent, brother, patent leather breads. When did you buy the Couture's? Oh, this is a f- few years back. Yes, no, so the patent leather breads were recent. So I can't, I don't know what shoe it would have been hmm. that you saw me with. But I had the Couture's as well. Maybe it was the Couture's. Yeah, I had the okay. Couture's. And I, yeah, so it might have been those. That's, yeah, down here in the air, man. That's where I, be, I copy my shoes from TJ. Yeah. But I got rid of, like, I got, I have one pair of Jordan 1s now, I think. And I think they're the uh, Hyper Crimson's or something, the, mm-hmm. the gray and black with orange. Um, that's it. I got rid of everything else. And see, that's something that I really liked about you, man, because it's like, I, like, look at his hair right now. <laughs> I'm staying here tonight. I could wake up tomorrow and this shit be completely different. Yeah, that's 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 TJ. Like literally one day we would hang out. He got cornrows. See him the next day. I cut that shit off. I'm like, I just saw you like eight hours ago. What? Got tired. Like, I just got. It. I just woke up and was sick of it. <laughs> you got rid of it. I always I always admired that about you. The fact that you were just able to like uh, change shit up. You know what I mean? Just like yeah. have have dreads and go. Oh, I'm cutting them. Because to me, like, when I, when I grew up having locks, it was just like, you kept them for years. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think but, I just go through phases. 
So and I, I respect that man because yeah. I was like, man, I would never had a boss to like just change up my style like you do, man. That's really one thing I really admired and looked up to you about, man. Is the Thanks, fact man an eclectic style? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I think it just—I mean, it comes. I think it comes with like growing, just or like learning who I am, or still figuring out who I am, still very right. much. Um, but yeah, I mean, even now it's like I'm more into SBs and like low tops and stuff. You know, for a while there it was Jordans, this and Jordans that. Now I'm like, I want different things now. Like I want to look. I don't want to say cleaner, but you know, I want to. I want a more put together look, a more grown look. Right. Say you without being grown. What does that even mean? But right. Well, just yeah. a little neater. Yeah, I, I feel you. Mean a little bit more mature look. Right. Where you don't look like you. Uh. Yeah, that's what I'm afraid of sometimes, man. Because I I'd never want to be the guy that's like. How old are you? And you still dressing like that? But it's just like I I just don't feel like a middle aged dad, and I can't bring myself to wear weave belts and khakis yeah. and tuck my button up polo in. That, that's not me. Yeah, no. I mean, it's and it's all about you and how you feel. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. so, I mean, what is what's a forty year old dad to one person isn't gonna be a forty year old dad to you. Right, because. You ever see them young motherfuckers that be dressing old as shit? Bruh. <laughs> you go, what is wrong with you? Like, why are you wearing that jacket? Tucked in, uh, brown belt jeans, <laughs> penny loafers. Yeah. <laughs> you 23 years old. I saw there was a dude like that at my mic a couple of weeks ago. He had on a sport coat, jeans, his shirt was tucked. I go, what year did you think this is, man? That's even now. Like, I see people on the streets on a Saturday in, like, a sports coat with a uh, – uh, slacks and stuff I'm like where are you going It's uh, 8.30 on a Saturday Yeah That this is where you have to What you have to wear Just But you know Some people like dressing like that Yeah my my wife is a dresser You know my wife man She likes to But uh, to be honest man Like what my wife does I can't even call it dressing up Because that's just what she does That's what she likes to do Yeah Yeah I mean I, it, It's nothing for me to come downstairs And my wife being a big ass fucking tutu On a Thursday for, It's like where are you going Oh nowhere yeah. All right. <laughs> I mean, unless I'm like doing a show or going to work, I'm in athletic tights all the time. Yeah. I go to the store in them. I do everything I need to do in them. And that that's it. I dress up to go to shows. I dress up to go to work and outside of that. I don't like getting like, dressed up, man. I mean, I wouldn't dress up. I mean, when I say dress up. I just that's just putting on clothes. I mean, do you like dressing up though? Shirt, I mean, like tie suits. Yeah, occasionally. I think really? it's nice to get dressed up and go somewhere from time to time. Uh, that's not something I want to do every day. I don't yeah. like it, man. That's something I'm trying to get out of. Yeah, I mean, I think. Well, I mean, if you, you like what you like, you know. I mean, so if you don't like it, you don't like it. But I, I enjoy occasionally uh, dressing. Up. I think the last thing I dressed up for was my office Christmas party, and that was fun. Mm. It's just nice to have a different feel from time to time. No, you're right. I think the last time I got dressed up, dressed up. Uh, I want to say I rented a, a tuxedo to go to the sneaker ball last year in Charlottesville. But even my grandparents, my grandmother's funerals, it was just like uh, black slacks, a, a white shirt, and like a little you one of those up sweater. You one of the you you're a person like at the events, the dressed up events is always dressed down. <laughs> you the cousin that never has a suit. <laughs> you just in the picture out of place. <laughs> yeah, I wish you the, the motherfuckers. The street dude cousin, everybody yeah. be dressed to the nines. That nigga got on a motherfucking a sweatsuit. Just just grab a pair of slacks off the rack. Don't try uh, don't try them on. Just wear them. <laughs> just creased at the bottom. <laughs> just <be> dropped <laughs> you were a thirty length. You'd have picked up some thirty fours <laughs> with some dress shoes. <laughs> like Steve Harvey in ninety five. Yeah. 
long ass. <laughs> with the dress shoes. <laughs> oh man, everybody got one of those though. You that you that guy. So. I, damn, I'm I'm that guy. Yeah, they know guy. like if we invite Chris, he is not gonna wear. He's he's not gonna dress up. Right. There's people like that too. Like I know. Um, I remember one of my homeboys' wedding uh, wedding receptions from back home. It's just like that dude that can't wait to get out of his dress clothes. Everybody like at the reception still in their suits. They would like take off their jacket or something. And here this dude come from the wedding with jeans, Jordans, T-shirt. It's just like he just could not make it through the night dressed like he was dressed. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't do it. I, can't, I don't like it either, man. I don't like it. Yeah. I, I'm not a fan. I think it's. I think for me it's it's 20 years of wearing a uniform. No, that I mean that makes sense. You know so, what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean that's. I, I think that's understandable. That used to piss me off too, man. Because like we, I would wear a uniform all week, and then like there were certain clubs we would want to go to in Phoenix, but you had to wear slacks and like um, you didn't have to wear dress shoes. You could wear. Some of the places got pretty strict where they wouldn't even let you wear Tim's with khakis. Yeah, they made you wear like some type of like uh like a you know you know what Eastlands are right yeah like at least some boat shoes or something. That's how clubs started to become ridiculous. Uh, even when I was in undergrad, I remember. What years we talking? Uh, I was in undergrad from 2003 to 2007. Same years I'm talking. Yep. Yep. Okay. And there was a club. Uh, it was a club where I went to school called the In Club, and they were the same way. It was just like, but it was just like it was just like it depended on the night. Or they like the way you look or something like that. Right. And be like, because, I mean, I remember buying a pair of Durango's specifically to get into the club. Do you remember Durango's? Durango boots? Yeah. Oh, they had, like, the little, uh, that little, like, metal thing on the side. Yeah, on like the, the side. They almost yeah. looked like some cowboy boots, yeah. but they weren't. I remember buying a pair of those just to get into the club. And, like, one week it would be fine getting in. I'd wear close to the same outfit. And would be like, nah, pants too baggy or something like that. Yeah, like, pants make... are too baggy. Yeah. Too much no material. Sense. Right. So... Yeah, that's wild. They were like, no baggy clothes. No baggy clothes. But now, what's funny is like if... <laughs> but I'm pretty sure now there's certain clothes where like, no skinny jeans. You think? I don't think yeah, that's... Yeah, please. Abso- that's absolutely. Thing. Why would they say no baggy jeans? Uh, I don't know. I don't think the skinny jeans thing is a is a thing, though. Why not? What Whatever niggas are wearing, that's what you can't wear to a club. I it guess. W- I it mean, would, I would. It would be. I would. It would say. I would say, no skinny jeans. No sweatpants. No sweatsuits. What else would they say? Probably no do rags. No hats. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think all that makes sense. To be completely honest, what <laughs> I think no sweatsuits. No no sweatpants. I think that makes sense. I mean, depending on what kind of club it is. I a regular hip hop club, black club. I would say 25 and 20, 21 and up. Yeah, but I mean, I'm still, I guess I'm just on the kick of like, I could, I would never imagine trying to get into a club in sweatpants though. So like saying no sweatpants doesn't seem out of the ordinary to me. But people wear sweatsuits. No, they shouldn't. <laughs> should. Now you should wear what you want to wear, but I mean, I don't, I guess, but I'm also out the game. Like I'm so far yeah. removed from that, that I couldn't imagine being somewhere and be like, well, I can't wear, I can't wear my Nike sweatsuit in here. Just. Think about what rappers wear. Whatever rappers would wear or ball players would wear, that's what young motherfuckers want to wear to the club. I'm so disconnected, though. Like, I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't have cable. Like, yeah. I don't watch TV. Uh, uh, yeah, niggas be so. watching. Yeah, sweatsuits and shit. I'm pretty sure there's no sweatsuits. Uh, I get it. The skinny jeans might be uh, 
tough to pull off. But I think certain certain bars and clubs, I'm pretty sure they say no skinny jeans. And they probably mean like the you know you've seen the niggas that wear like the really tight skinny yeah. jeans where like half their ass is fucking hanging out and shit like that. And, For sure. And the, the the shirt don't even meet the belt line. And niggas be a sagging skinny jeans, which never made sense. Yeah. It's the weirdest looking thing. Yeah. I don't know. I've I've literally seen people with their pants below their ass, all underwear. It's like like literally like yo, why are you even wearing the pants? Right, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> why? Yeah. At least when we would sag in the nineties, you a thirty inch waist or thirty two whatever by thirty four or thirty six. We so damn old, bro. Yeah. <laughs> bro, I remember. I remember back in the day, thirty six. That was considered huge to me. A 36? A 36. When I was in high school, yo, get the 36. They the baggiest. Bro, I had... um 38 was crazy. <laughs> yeah, I had a boy, like I, t- like, well, I was kind of joking about with the dress pants, though, but that's how he would pick out his clothes. Like, he literally wouldn't try anything off. He would just grab a pair off the rack and go. And he always had the baggiest jeans uh, of anybody at school. Always. <laughs> the baggy jeans. That's coming back. I saw it. I don't think I'll ever get back into it. I don't like it. I don't like the way it looks anymore. Yeah, you will. I bet I won't. All right. I don't. I don't see myself. I. I, I just don't. And I've seen it coming back. And I just. I don't. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say when when you saw skinny shit coming out? I was. Uh, I think I was. I was kind of into the skinny shit, but I think I had been into the skinny shit before it started coming out. I had a homeboy at undergrad who was kind of doing the skinny jeans shit before it was popular and i used to always think he was fresh so um when skinny stuff started coming out but i was also bigger so it was hard for me to buy skinny stuff oh yeah Um, yeah, i get it because i used to hate on them too yeah yeah so it was hard for me to buy skinny stuff but i think once i got to a size where i could wear the skinny stuff i was like oh yeah that i think for a lot of people that's what that shit is yeah they just can't fit it and then they get in shape and it's just like i like this it's like i thought you didn't like it yeah and wearing stuff that i couldn't wear so yeah (laughs) That is a good feeling, man. When you lose weight and you can get into stuff that you really want to wear, man, that's a that's a good feeling. Yeah. Just like buying shit from like big and tall and like just trying to piecemeal together outfits and stuff is not fun. And I and I, I have to be careful saying that because like yeah, I'm a big dude, but I'm not like a big man. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not a four X and a five X and and need it. You husky, know what I'm saying? Husky. Is yeah. My, that's why I had to shop from the husky se- uh, section when Ooh, I was in school. Thick, thick boy, husky. That's what they would call it. That's funny. Husky? <laughs> the fact they used to call it Husky. <laughs> <laughs> I just picture like this some chubby kid with jelly on his cheeks. Because it'd be the same size as the regular clothes, but Husky. <laughs> 18 Husky. <laughs> 18 Husky. Yeah, that's funny. That's wild. What is Husky? You gotta. What the fuck is Husky even? Listen. Uh, husky just means like uh, thick. <laughs> It's it's funny because this guy I know called his wife husky the other day and like it was kind of like and he was like well you know she's always been husky so <laughs> <laughs> nigga husky most most words like it just comes up with like uh, just the definition type this in, is just the dogs right off the bat type uh, type Here we in go. J- husky J C Penny because that's what, <laughs> that's where I used to come husky a heavy coated working dog. Of the New World Arctic region. Well, just heavy for <laughs> my kids. Type in JCPenney Husky. 
No, it just says burly, robust, large. Yeah, that's it. That's it. JC Penny catalog, bro. A bur- yeah, he was a burly boy. Husky JC Penny. Oh my god, that's fucking hilarious. Oh fuck! It says JC Penny Husky girl, Husky girl clothes. <laughs> husky boys. Do they still actually call it that? Yeah. That's wild. That that ain't husky. No, that's that's normal. That's funny yeah. though. It's funny that they still call it that. <laughs> you know, it's funny too. Like, have you have you seen um have you seen uh Goonies before? Uh, bits and pieces. I've never watched the whole movie. Uh, well, you know who Chunk is, right? Yeah. It's funny because like I remember watching that movie as a kid and thinking like he is a fat kid, but then you watch it now, it's just like he's not even. Yeah, I can think of. He's very normal, and it's a lot of stuff like that. Even like Countess Vaughn. You go back and watch like um, the Parkers. It's nothing but like fat jokes, and you like she's not even fat. Yeah, I remember that. You remember the movie Heavyweights? Who was in that? Uh, it's a Disney movie with a uh, Ben Spiller. Ben Spiller. Uh, ben Stiller. Ben Spiller. <laughs> ben Stiller. But then the kids were uh, Keenan was in it, and then uh, the the guy who played Goldberg from Mighty Ducks was in it. I've um, never seen that one. What? No, yeah, it's, it's a Disney movie. Basically, like. They send these kids to a fat camp, mm-hmm. and Ben Stiller comes and takes over. And like the goal is to lose weight, but they're sneaking food in and stuff. It's just it's a it's a good movie. You should watch it. <laughs> well, like, what's the moral of the movie? Just be you, some something like that, or or not be fat. What is it? Yeah, it's be you, be you, be you. But yeah, yeah um, I can't believe you haven't seen it. Go, go and watch it with Miles. He would be like, "This is not appropriate, <laughs> man." <laughs> nah, he he wouldn't want to watch it. I put it. We got the we we got Disney Plus. We'll, we'll watch it. Yeah, I'm not gonna watch it. Well, that's, <laughs> that's on you. Well, you can watch it. I'm not gonna hurt my feelings. <laughs> 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 I'm not gonna watch. It. I'm just kidding. Okay. I'm, not gonna watch so. it. I'm gonna watch it. <laughs> okay. Well, let's set up a watch party. We can watch. You can watch it from here. No, I don't. I've seen it. Oh. <laughs> I don't need to watch it. Oh, okay. Now you want, but you want me to watch it. Oh, you don't have to watch it. What what was your favorite movie as a kid? Um, a goofy movie was one of my favorites, and then the Mighty Duck series. I I love that uh, that series. Damn, that's why you do bits about it. That's why, yeah, that's why I do bits about it. But no one's old enough to get the bits. I had what? people come up to me after the show last night, like we we love those Mighty Ducks bits. They were just they're too young. They don't understand. They're too they're too young. <laughs> I'm too old. Yeah, they're like. But um, well, I got a bit where I reference uh, Back to the Future, and people are like, huh? Yeah, what is that? Yeah. Yep, I've never back, seen Back to the Future either. You've never seen Back to the Future? Nope, bits and pieces. I'm not a big movie person. I'm not a big TV person in general. You got a big TV. Yeah, but I don't watch it that often. Like, I I watch the same things over and over. Like, The Office is usually playing in the background. But outside of that. I, that's something I told myself this year I got to break myself out of. Like, I, I make myself watch new shit. Because for me, if I don't, bro, I'll go back. You know me. I'm always watching Sopranos. Mm-hmm. But I'll watch Sopranos. I'll watch The Wire. We watched we watched Bob's Burgers so much. Friday Night Lights. Friday Night Lights. Yeah. I, I started going back and watching. Um, I'm watching um, uh, A Different World. I started that from the beginning. Okay. Uh, Miles likes Family Matters, so we started watching Family Matters. I started watching Living Single from the beginning. I'm watching so much shit right now. I'm watching. Uh, Those are good choices, yeah. too. I started watching Seinfeld. I just got into that. Seinfeld, yeah. You, you like it? Uh, everything but the bits. Yeah, <laughs> some bad bits. Man. It's horrible. 
like I um was watching it, it's just even the, like the first episode it's like hard to get through that opening scene yeah, where man. you just it's just so fake and manufactured it's and so it's just funny. I yeah. know they were bad there's yeah, some I don't bad like it. there's some bad bits on there what else um there's another I told you about this show you've never seen this either my brother and me I don't know if you remember that from Nickelodeon that nah, was the is one. that the black kid on the on the uh, no that's that Mac and me that was the, I mean the, the character the two characters named I remember were Alfie and Goo and it's the it's the most horrible acting I've ever What's seen on this even? show my brother and me this is so no, I liked it, but I was a kid. But it's the worst acting ever. And me, but it was it was a Nickelodeon TV show. It's so bad. Uh, what was this? Ninety four. I was too old to watch this. That's so weird. Like, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I might have seen a couple episodes. I remember seeing it, but I don't remember watching it. Speaking of movies and TV shows, though, have you seen the new Black Panther? That kid at the end looks just like Miles. I don't know. He did? Yeah. I was watching the theater and I was like, he looks just like Miles. Or did you leave before the credits were over? No, I saw that that part. I don't remember. Yeah, he looks like Miles. All right. Maybe it was him. I just didn't tell you. Maybe Miles was in. Nah, I would have nah, said some shit. Yeah, you, you certainly said something. <clears throat> Miles wouldn't have taken a break from coding to sit on a set that long. No, he he definitely he definitely would turn that shit down. <laughs> yeah. If my son was a an actor, he would be the biggest asshole in the world. <laughs> <laughs> he would need a gaming setup. He would need the internet. He would want a computer, two screens, a switch. Uh, Hulu <laughs> His writer would be crazy List of demands Yeah he would want He would want Black cheese Ham uh, Goldfish And um, Fruit snacks That would be on his writer And honest uh, Apple juice Boxes <laughs> You next Next for what Bro you 37 With no kids Yeah I know It's gotta happen eventually Do you want kids Yeah I do do you see that happening anytime soon? No, uh, no pun intended. I, I'd say within the next three years, I will, I will probably have a kid. Yeah, you're gonna be a forty year old with a fucking baby. I'm young like you though. You're gonna be forty two years old chasing a two year old. But I'm young. <laughs> I'm young at heart. I'm youthful. Uh, I don't think you've been around enough th- three year olds. I have. I mean, I'm, man, that's I'm man, that shit is crazy. No, I believe it, but I'll I will be I'll be fine. But, but to be honest, I think, I mean, I think that's just, I mean, even hearing you say that, I think it's just antiquated. Cause I think that, I think that like the generation before us grew up so much faster than we grow up in like every aspect, because people would leave high school, get a job, paying them an affordable living rate. Right. And be like, grown at yeah, 19. Buy a house, marry their high school sweetheart, have kids by the time they're 20. Right. You know, so <laughs> right by those beings, yeah, certainly I'll be an old dad. But I think by today's standards, uh, nah, people are waiting. Yeah, and, and people say thirties the new twenty and forties the new thirty and stuff. And I mean, it's cliche, but it's it's kind of true. No, I, no, I, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I was I was uh, thirty two when we had Miles, and people were like, "That's pretty." Yeah, so I mean, we we, we really not that far. 
Right. I, I, I don't even want to say behind. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, to having a kid in our early thirties was uh, but it was a good thing, man, because it's it's like what we were talking about earlier about a friend of ours moving to New York. Like I don't think I ever would have thought I was ready. For sure. To have a kid, so. And I don't think I mean there's so many things in life like that. I don't think there's a lot of things that you're ever ready for. I think things just happen and you adjust accordingly. Right. Right, and and I say that when I when I say like, uh, man, you're gonna have uh, you know a, a two year old at at 42. Even if you did, it's like that's your situation. Right. So you just you just it is what it is, and you just have to deal with it. You know what I mean? Right. Like I I say that with that with that disdain, like ugh, because I've done it, and like I don't want to do it again. But if but if my wife got pregnant by some chance, and she, we would be super fucking happy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And by, we, some, by some chance, yeah. I mean, she had her tubes removed. I mean, if, if there's some chance that that happened, it would be a. You know, I don't even want to talk about this shit because God, be like, oh, for real, it might, it might be bam, Jesus, it might be Jesus, baby. Yeah. Not oh, yours. for real, right? It happened once, right? <laughs> <laughs> it did happen. It happened that's whole, once. That's a whole nother story. That's a whole nother episode. <laughs> I'm just thinking, like, it's, I don't like. I grew up in the church and stuff like that, but like some of this stuff is uh it's pretty far fetched because. If you were to tell someone in today's society that your wife was carrying Christ's baby, they'd be like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, get the fuck out of here. Right. Okay, sure. And, uh, yeah, that's the, yeah, the religion thing. A whole, that's, a whole, that's another episode. Yeah, another episode. Another fucking episode. Uh, well, how long have we been going? Oh, shit, almost 40 minutes. Well, I mean, how are we going to wrap this up? Uh, I'll ask you this. Do you believe in aliens? Yeah. I that, do. That's it. <laughs> Yeah. Said, yeah. Okay. Oh, no, I totally. I like. I think. Uh, I think it's a little. Um, I think it's insane to believe that we're the only thing in the universe. Right. I believe in aliens. I believe in parallel universes. Like I think there's a bunch of shit out there that we just don't know about and that is untouched. But what about ghosts? That exist. Um, I believe in ghosts. Like I've never had an experience with a ghost per se, but I've I've talked to friends who feel like they have, or not feel like they have have. So you, hang. I think I'm too afraid to believe in it. <laughs> yeah, like I if that makes sense. It's no, just for like, sure. You like I, you believe in it, then there's a chance it might happen. Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> I don't believe because it's too. I'm too afraid, but I also don't disrespect it because I don't want some weird shit to happen. Yeah, like I don't. I I do not want to have a poor paranormal experience. <laughs> I do not. I do not. No, I don't. I don't either. I do not. You are listening to this. Do not do anything <laughs> weird. But but I say this too. I oh sorry. No go ahead, no no go go go. I would be a ghost though. Like in my personality now, like, like you would. Like if something <laughs> were to happen, don't I fuck would, with me, man. I would be fucking with people all the time. Don't fuck with me, man. Ugh. But you know what? Honestly, that shit is very very scary to me, man. It really is. Like my wife watches that shit constantly. Like, it gives me anxiety just being in the room when she's watching that shit. Like, I do not fuck around with spirit, go, spirits, ghosts, uh, demons. I don't fuck with that shit, man. Yeah, it's, creepy. I, it's, it's creepy. very scary. I remember when I went and saw, um, what was that found footage movie where, like, they're in a house in San Diego? Paranormal Activity. Mm-hmm. I remember when I, I don't know why I do this to myself sometimes. Where I'm like, you know what? I don't like this. I'm going to go watch it. Because everybody was talking about it. Have you so have you seen that? No. All right. So well, there's, I you don't plan on seeing it, do you? No. All right. It's old anyway, but I want to say it's the first one, but 
he's hearing like these footprints and shit in his house at night. And one night he decides to put like baby powder down on the carpet and he comes out the next morning or early later that night or some shit like that. And there's these three toed fingerprints in the baby powder. I was like, man, fuck that shit scared the hell out of me, man. See shows like I, mean, I can watch scary movies. I don't watch a lot of scary movies cause it's not my thing, but stuff like that doesn't bother me. Like the, the shows that bother me and scare me are like the, the real life stuff. So like stuff like unsolved mysteries, and like was that just the music <laughs> the music but even like the episodes itself like the and this is the old one like the creepy the creepy old white dude to like be telling the story <laughs> yeah so that's scary and just like because this stuff happens and it's never solved and it's real life stuff and then like the shows about people that just go disappearing like out of nowhere like yeah you're here one day like you leave for work and suddenly yeah. you don't come back and no one knows where you yeah and it's like how my wife be watching that shit, man. I hate that stuff because I'm like, it it could happen. I mean, yeah. it could happen at any time. It happens, just... yeah. That Unsolved Mysteries, man, that would fuck that show, man. I don't like that show at all. <laughs> and then what makes it worse, it's like, it's already scary. And then the way they would do this shit, they would have like some fake, like, set street. And it would be all foggy with one street light. And then this motherfucker just walking. Right. Right. In 1985, a 10-year-old black boy named Chris. It's like, that's me. You know? I started watching the, the new series. Um, it's not here. It was when I was living in another apartment. I was watching it, and I fell asleep to it. Oh, fuck that. And I woke up with that music on, bro. That shit was terrifying. Yeah, nope. Yep. Did not like it at all. I, I used to watch Rescue 911, and I think it I think it used to come on afterwards. And I used to, I mean, make a point. To turn the fucking channel before that song. <laughs> like, if I heard any note from that, I'm like, it's ruining my... Yeah, it would ruin my night. I'm like, uh, now I'm going to be thinking about that shit in the bed all night. Yeah, I don't like that show at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a scary dude, man. Yeah. I, I don't I don't fuck with any of that shit. I'm afraid of everything. Yeah, I don't watch much of it either. Like, I'm not a fan. I, don't, I just don't like people that go, oh, I don't like scary movies. It's like, just say you, just say you scared, man. Yeah. Pretty much. That's what I say. It's just like, it's not that I don't like them. I'm scared of them. I'm scared too. And like, the thing is with me, even like when I watch a scary movie, like I'm watching it with someone. I'm not watching. I would never just sit in here. It could be eight o'clock in the morning, light outside. Nope. Nah. Not That's the only way I can. And it depends. Like if it's some, if it's like a slasher, maybe, or some like psycho, uh, like a suspenseful horror movie like that, uh, psychological, I could do that. But if it's going to be, Actually, you know what? I would say slasher and uh, paranormal horror. I need somebody there watching that shit with me. And it it got, it has to be during the day. I don't. I mean, I honestly don't understand people that do like it. To be completely honest, like I dated a girl that loved scary movies, and like I was like, "What's wrong with her? That this is what she enjoys?" I don't know, man. I I, I don't know what it is about it. My wife is obsessed with that shit. I like. I, I can't watch it, man. No, it's not. It's not my cup of tea either. It's I'd not. rather just watch something light or a drama or that's light and drama don't really go together. But something that's not a scary. Yeah, but light drama. Yeah. I think that's what I think. So Hallmark movies are light dramas. Oh, we, we're talking about real movies though. Hallmark <laughs> movies. <laughs> oh, but I watched so many of those over the holidays, man. Like well, I, holiday movies are yeah. great, but I think Christmas movies. The worse a Christmas movie is, the better it is because all of them are bad. Yeah, it's just the level of bad that they are. <laughs> What's your favorite? Oh, Christmas movie? Yeah. Oh, man. One of your favorites. I'll say that. One of my favorites. Um, 
Well, I don't know. They're different. They're different That's now. Right. I mean, Home Alone's a favorite. Um, yeah. Elf. Elf is a favorite. All right, yeah, those are um, good. Love Harder, I think, on Netflix, which came out last year or something like that, is a favorite now. Who, who's, who's in that? Um, it was about the... Uh, it's an Asian guy. I forget his name. Oh, is uh wait, is Issa Rae in that or no? No, she's not in it. But it's basically like a it's like a catfish flick, um type deal, where he was catfishing someone, someone else was catfishing something. We got a, okay. Um, it's called. Is it, is it is it based during the holidays? Yeah, it's based during the holidays. Oh, okay. Yep. Um, that's a favorite. Jingle Jangle. That's <laughs> yeah, that. yeah, yeah, we saw that. Jingle Jangle. I wouldn't say it's a favorite, but it's a it's a good Christmas. It's movie. a good one. You know what I started? Uh, we watched this this year, and uh, it's like a series of them. Is uh, Kelly Rowland has these? Uh, it's called the Littles. I haven't seen. We're like uh, she. It's that classic thing of like she's like this hardworking corporate woman. And she wants to have Christmas at her house this year, but she's got like this fake tree. She's ordered all the food. She's uh, she's like just living this kind of luxe life, and like, and her parents come in town. Her sister, who's kind of ratchet, come in town with, and she's a single mom and shit. And like, it sounds like a Tyler Tyler Perry flick, but it's very like, it, but it's not as like it's not as uh, bad. Yeah, <laughs> it's not as stereotypically black like a Tyler Perry movie. Okay, but like. Her neighbor comes over. She kind of yells at him. Turns out, like, he's a divorcee. He's got two kids. And her sister's like, girl, you single. Why are you mean to him? Y'all can have something. And then, like, slowly they, get, slowly they like, they start dating and shit. <laughs> You're not doing a good job of selling this. Yeah. You're like, this sounds like a Tyler but Perry it, But it's, no, but the thing is, it's very fluffy. Right. It's fluffy. Because, like, Tyler, they, like, get into, like, he cheated on this person. It's none of that shit. It's just, like, she's a hard, she's an overworked single um, but, uh single woman looking for love and then this guy is a chef who owns a restaurant with two kids but they don't they never talk about like why he got divorced or anything like that it's like very surface level like things you can identify with like single mom uh sister who has a job that the mom really doesn't like but they don't really get into it is the man black too or yeah everybody's Everybody's black black. okay cool that's another tangent we don't have to get into that too but what i feel like every movie now there's like an interracial couple in some type of form or fashion. And I'm just like, not a, not everything has has to be that. I saw a McDonald's commercial with an old an old interracial gay couple, and I was like, man, they <laughs> <laughs> they hitting everybody. Yeah, they hitting every demographic they can. They got to man. They feel like they got to man. <laughs> yeah, we don't have to get into that either. But <laughs> it's just it's just it's. You know, I want to see black on black love. It can be white on white love. It can be on whatever it is. But it's just like every. It's, like it's everything, yeah. Everything you can right tell. Now. It, the thing is, is a lot, a lot of it's phony. Yeah. They're doing it to, yeah. Because we've just, and that's, I was thinking of another Christmas movie that I recently watched this year called Something at Tiffany's. Um, now, the plot is basically like, this. Uh, no one cares. If you if you have seen it, I'm not ruining anything for you because it's not a great movie, but this black guy, is, he goes to Tiffany, he's buying a ring, he plans to propose to his wife on Christmas. This other guy comes in, buys, like, this necklace. Like, he goes outside, almost get hit by a car. They get the bags mixed up. So the white guy gets the ring that the black guy had intended to give to his fiance, or not his fiance, to his girlfriend at the time. And then the black guy ends up meeting the other woman that got the ring. Uh. And they form this relationship. But he's black and she's white. And this whole thing happens within a time frame of, 
a week. <laughs> I'm like, y'all fell in love in a week? In a week? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it's just it's just an odd thing, and it's very manufactured and just like, whatever. <laughs> whatever. It's just, it's a lot. <laughs> well, you, you've acted on a, quite a few projects. Yeah, yeah. Do you know when you're making something bad? What do you mean? Like, elaborate. Okay, there's there's bad with, like, just bad production. Oh, yes. So, yeah, so I can um, – the show I did when I was at the University of Houston, the first show I did there, the only show I did there because I, I quit after the first semester, um, it was a show called Katrina the Bridge. And it was about – it was supposed to be a show about Hurricane Katrina. Man, it was, and, and this was a disaster. In the aftermath, <laughs> in the aftermath of Katrina <laughs> and this group of people that were stranded on the bridge. And it was a new play, and we, we worked on it, um, and we put it together within the rehearsal process. Cast was all black, except for except for a white cop, a white cop and a, and a white woman, um, w- written by a white dude. And we've got a white playwright trying to write dialogue for black people. Uh. It just does not go together. Ugh. And the play was a mess. Like, we improvised a lot of the shit within the rehearsal process, like, coming up with stuff. But, like, I was like, this play is going to be a disaster. And it was not a great play at all. Um, but it resonated with people because it it premiered the week after Hurricane Ike had hit Houston. So people were like, oh, it was a good play. Got, I guess, decent reviews for what it was. But it was mm-hmm. awful. The rehearsal process was awful. The writing was awful. It was... It was not good. And you just you just knew it was bad. Yeah, I knew it was bad the whole time. The whole cast knew it was bad. Um, we had brought in uh, this professional actress at the time. We were all professionals, but um, Stephanie Berry, she had been in a lot of stuff, um, and like she had like stopped other projects to like do this show. And I just remember her in rehearsal one day, like, "What the fuck is this? Oh, what man. is going on?" But. Yeah, so you know, you know when you're putting something out. Any rational person, know, but people are delusional too. So not everyone will know. Hmm. I wonder what. I, okay, I can see a play. I wonder about a movie though. Like if you just, I guess you can probably tell by the script, right? Yeah, you you gotta know when you're putting out something bad, and then angles and budget and and like editing and all that stuff. Because like there are some movies you watch and you're just like, how did this make it past whatever? Yeah. I guess too, if you've been in the industry and it's like it, you're you're working on on a production, and you you're realizing that there are certain things missing from that production, that will lead you to believe like you know what if they don't have X Y and Z, there's no way that their post production uh, process is any better, right? Unless unless for some reason that's where they excel, which at that point it's just like why not just be a post-production thing instead of like trying to make your own shit at that point in time but anyway but you know we talk about that and then think about it in the sense of what we both do um with comedy and think about how many people come off stage thinking that they crushed and that's very true <laughs> too. got zero laughs you know that's very true too so but it just seems like a bad movie it just seems like it's so much worse because there's so much more going on and so many more people uh, involved is it the the disaster artist did you see that yeah like that that was crazy man i got oh yeah but have you seen the 
Have you seen the movie that that was based on? I have not seen the actual film. See, that's the film you got to see. Um, the, the actual cult classic film. The Room. The Room, okay. Um, and Does it make sense? No, but like the thing is, like it's one of those movies that it's so bad that it's good. It's it's that bad. I remember watching that film and being like, what the fuck is this? But then you just get engaged in it and enthralled by it. And it's just like, it's like a train wreck. It's like you can't look away. You know what I mean? Man. It's like passing. That has to be bad. Yeah, it's like passing a bad accident. You're like, man, I don't want to see what's going on. And as soon as you pass it, you have to look you back. You just got to look. Yeah. Man, that's wild. Yeah, so that's. It's, that's crazy. It's so bad. That motherfucker made a movie that was so bad that they made a movie about the movie. You got to see it. And they still do screenings of The Room. Yeah. Um, They do like late night. like, And it's like, it is a legit cult classic. It's like parts where people throw stuff at the screen, throw spoons at the screen, all this stuff. People show up with like, I don't know, party, like just stuff. Just spoons. props and shit. Yeah, spoons, props. Like there are parts where people are like yelling out at the screen at certain things. It's It's wild. I guess a Rocky, what's it, the Rocky Horror Picture Show is the yeah. same kind of way. Is, are there any other things like that that, that are around? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm, sh- I'm sure there are just probably things that we don't know about. I'm sure we could just Google, yeah. like, cult uh, cult classics or something like that. I got to watch The Room. I, I've never seen it. I, I'm, I'm wondering if it's, like, on Netflix. But, like, uh, is, is it so bad that it's probably on YouTube, like, the whole thing? Possibly. Like, there's somewhere to, like, find it uh, or download it or something. Yeah. Or is it so bad? That it's actually good that people pay for it. You know what I mean? Well, people do pay for it because they oh, still do. That's true. Jesus yeah, they still do Christ. the screenings. But it's uh, it, it's it's bad. I wonder how long it took him to embrace that shit. That it was bad. Actually, you know that guy is such a whack job that he was just like, "Fuck it, I'm rolling. Well, I like it. This is yeah. great." And he still shows up at the screenings still- and stuff too. So <laughs> this talk about believing in his yourself. His claim to fame. Yeah, I made that. this bad movie. It's so, so bad that it's good. I saw something, um, we'll get out of here. I think it's on Amazon. No, it's on Peacock. Um, I can't remember the guy's name, but he had some wild shit go down in his life that, like, I think he got catfished by a woman, and then, like, he started digging into her life, and it's like this whole big-ass story, man. It gets really, really wild, and they end up wanting to make a TV show or a movie about it, and he ends up playing himself in this real thing oh wow yeah let's see what it is i don't know what you're talking about but it's another show man it's not a show it's a true story called uh dirty john um on netflix now um we like her tammy tammy from uh Mm -hmm. connie Britton, right from uh, friday night light she's in it but it's basically kind of like the same not concept but this guy basically cons this lady presents himself as this one thing and it's completely not that and completely not that um, I won't give it away because that's actually a good series that that you could watch and like. Okay. Right here, it's called Paul T. Um, so he plays himself yeah. in the show about him. Right. Let's see. So he just he literally is just playing himself. So the yeah. piece of shit that he was. Oh, right, here it is. It says uh, 2009. Paul Goldman self-published a book on Amazon called Duplicity. The 320. 320- Three plays volume outlines a one man crusade against a failed marriage filled with a blow by blow account and accusations of how a man named Paul Goldman uh, came to be a target of a suburban housewife's scandalous double life 
after using his own life as the basis for, for the book, Paul pursued someone who could uh, help bring publicity to the screen. A decade later, they found out who uh, they 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 worked it out, and now he's playing himself in this fucking movie. Oh, that's crazy. He wasn't the piece of <clears throat> shit. She was. Yeah. Okay. But I I think the I think the movie the or the show is it's about it's about everything. Okay. I don't know if I, I think what they ended up doing was making us. They made the show about him wanting to do the show about him because okay. when you when you see it, they actually show like him acting on the show. If that makes sense. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah makes sense. And yeah, th- that's that's him. That's the guy. He's not an actor. This is a man just playing himself. All right. Let me check it out. Yeah. That's isn't mm-hmm. that. That's kind of fascinating. Yeah. Isn't that weird though? Like Hollywood, we, we're like surprised that a man is going to play himself in a movie. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You can't play yourself. It's just like you can be. Well, a lot weird. of a lot of actors play things similar to themselves too. Like it's not like, I mean, there are actor are really great actors out there that can play like a lot of roles. But I mean, like if you hear, uh, Coach Taylor, Eric Chandler, talk as as himself, he's Coach Taylor. Mm-hmm. Like if he does an interview, like it's Eric Chandler is Coach Taylor. Like the character that he's playing, that's how he talks. Kyle. Oh, I'm sorry, not Eric. Ch- Kyle Chandler. Kyle not Chandler. Eric yeah. Chandler. Yeah. Um, Kyle Chandler. Yeah, I think he's from Buffalo. Yeah, so he's in that. Like you see him in any other show, like he's the same person. He killed that fucking role, man. He had yeah, he the did. mannerisms, all that shit down the cadence, all he that shit. It. He was great, man. He a lot of that show great. was a lot of that show was improvised. Oh, not a lot of it, but like like all those scenes where it's like, oh, Tammy and Coach have such great chemistry. That was improvised. Oh, okay. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, I know. Like a um. A, most of, uh, if not all of, uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm is, is improvised. Yeah. Yeah, they kind of like, uh, somebody bought Mark, uh, um, uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm script for his birthday, a fan, and I got to read it in the green room, and it was just kind of fascinating where it would just kind of like show you the scene headings and like, all right, this is what we need, this is the scene, and this is what we're trying to get to at, yeah. by the end. A lot and of It's shows. just, yeah. And there were a couple beats that like, I need you to, you need to say this. This and this, like these are some plot lines you need to get across in this. But it was kind of like just do your own thing, right? Yeah, it's like Eastbound and Down too, with like oh same thing, right? Same thing. Yep. Man, that's uh that would be so much fun. Yeah, that's perfect for me. That's the laziest way to write. Where it's like I got an idea, but it's gonna let y'all improvise it. Well, I was just <laughs> thinking like we should. I mean, probably just trust ourselves to do more of that in general, though. Because how many times have we thought about something, be like, man, you know what it'd be crazy if we were to write a sketch about this or like that and the other is like well we got this premise that we know that we think is funny let's just see where it let's goes just turn the camera right. on and see where it goes yeah that's what i'm learning too as i'm trying to like uh do more sketches just like let that motherfucking camera run and just start doing shit and you'll get it and just edit edit out all the dead spots yeah and keep the gold yep because i would like watch people and i go man this how people do this shit and then because I, I just was never into it and as as i gotten into the process i go Oh, you just leave a lot of shit on the floor. Yeah. Yep, it's like throwing stuff at the walls. Right. Some of it will work, yeah. some of it won't. But it's like yeah, you said, man. keep what does and get rid of what doesn't. Yeah, so. Or what does. Doesn't. I got you. Whatever. Well, shit, man, this has been fun. I don't want to. We can end up going all fucking day on this shit. Uh, yeah, this is uh, TJ Ferguson. Tell him uh, your information, sir. Uh, Follow me on Instagram at tj.ferg. Uh, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, this is fun, man. Uh, and I'm looking to do this more often, man. Whenever I travel, I'm around town. I'm going to start sitting down with my friends and uh, posting these clips. 
these videos. So, um, yeah, make sure you follow him. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Chris Allen Comedy. Like and subscribe. All right, we out. Peace.